0: Log Talk Radio. All
1: right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. Fight fans to the two minute round episode number 123 and the second one of this 2022. My name is Felipe Leon coming to you live and direct from Tijuana, Baja California Norte. And like always, with us from the northern area of California is Mrs. Lupi Gutierrez. Lupi, how are you doing tonight? I'm
0: good. I'm good. Hi, everybody.
1: And Mr. Hall of Fame himself from the Inland Empire of Eastern Los Angeles than he's used to. He's from East L.A., but he's actually more east. Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight?
2: Very good, thank you. Hi, everybody.
1: And there you have it, folks. We are ready for another episode of Female Boxing with some great news with you and with with us a little bit later on on the show is none other than the former two-divisional world champion, Mesquenia Enriquez of Tijuana. We actually have her here in the studio in Tijuana. She's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. Before we go to her, she's going to talk to us all about her career, obviously her uh, stints at 108 and 112 pounds, and what is coming up with her. Why we haven't seen her in the ring in a couple of years, and what is coming up for her next. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and go into our fight review and talk about the, the fight that happened in the last couple of weeks, which haven't been much as we expected uh, for this time of the year. Boxing tends to slow down a little bit, and then obviously it ramps up a little bit more in February and March in the first quarter of the year. So in the last couple of weeks, we've only had two major fights. The first one happening on Friday, the January 2nd, 7th, From Argentina, Evelyn Bermudez scored a third round TKO over Yaditza Perez in her home country of Argentina to defend her 108 IBF title official time. Actually, it wasn't reported on BoxRec what the official time was. And Evelyn Bermudez, you know, steadily is climbing up, uh, you know, just kind of like building her career, even though she's the IBF champion, she's not... Super known out here in Northern, uh, North America. She has fought once outside her native Argentina going into Mexico and scoring a controversial draw against Silvia Torres. Actually, a lot of people saw Evelyn Bermudez win. We all know who her sister is, Daniela Bermudez, who has fought outside of Argentina a couple of times. The first time was in Mexico where she defeated uh, Mariana La Barbi Juarez at Bantamweight, and then in her last fight, she actually came into the United States and put up a pretty good fight, but ended up getting knocked out by Amanda Serrano at featherweight. It was I think it was featherweight? And now Daniela yeah. Bermudez is yeah. expecting uh, her first child, so obviously we have not seen her in the ring. And on uh, this same card, where Evelyn Bermudez. Uh, defending her 108-pound title, her younger sister—I think I don't know if she's younger—but uh, her other sister Roxana Bermudez actually scored a win. She is another one of the Bermudez sisters. She her record is not that great. She's not even close to a world title, but she fought here as well. I don't—I don't think we none of us saw that fight because it wasn't televised, and I haven't seen any stream. Did you catch a stream, uh, David or Lupi? No. Oh, and no somewhere luck.
0: I heard it was a draw. That's why I'm
1: looking no, at no, your no. your result. Yeah. No, no. It was I think I saw the clip where she stopped her but I didn't get to see I, I didn't get a chance to see the whole fight. And a week mm-hmm. later, Friday, January fourteenth, in Panama, Gabriela Fundora, the younger sister of uh up and coming uh title contender Sebastian, the towering inferno fundora, scored a unanimous decision over Natalie Delgado in an eight rounder. Originally this was at Flightweight. originally this was scheduled for some kind of regional title uh, I don't even remember if it was the WBA or the WBC but then it got scaled down to an 8 rounder the scores there were 80 71 3 times with Delgado touching the canvas in the 5th round but the more what made more of a story for this one is when Fundora actually uh gave uh she came up positive for COVID-19 like the day before and then I guess she took another test and she kept up negative. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's kind of hard to believe, being that it's in Panama, the fact that she was the main event or one of the featured fighters, and the investment that the promoters made onto this card, she might have fought with COVID, Loopy.
0: Hmm. I think so. Well, I mean. When it was the press conference was three days before the fight and then they had a, you know, they had that then they had the, it happened at the weigh-ins and there was an article out from Panama that said fights off, this is what happened and then I go to sleep and wake up the next day and she won it was the WBC Latin title or Latin Continental yeah.
1: but it looks like it, it, that, it wasn't for that title anymore and it was ended up being an eight rounder and and, I mean, I don't know why it got scaled down to an eight-rounder. Why it wasn't? An, I mean, on Boxrec, it doesn't show the the title, even though it was announced everywhere that yeah. it's going to be a title fight.
0: Yeah, on her social media, she has the belt.
1: Oh wow! So maybe it wasn't Boxrec is just not registering it yeah, or it's not WPG, recognizing. WBC
0: Latin American champion.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Well, there she goes. She's five and 0, uh, 5 and zero, six and zero. Uh, And she has a regional title, which at one point is going to get her ranked in the top 15 of her weight class. And then we'll see um, what is next for her. They're bringing it up, bringing her along pretty well. You know, she's actually managed by um, the same gentleman that manages her brother, Samson Lekowitz, who, if you know boxing, you know that he is very connected and he has managed a lot of different fighters, including actually he is the one that uh, is considered to be the one that discovered none other than Manny Pacquiao. So, you know, if you're going to be in somebody's hands, Samson Lekowitz is the right man to do it. So that is the only thing that we have on our fight chatter. I mean, our, I'm, I'm sorry, on our fight review. So with that said, we're going to bring on none other than two-division former. Interim WBC Light Flyweight Champion and former WBO Flyweight Champion Miss Kenia Enriquez. Kenya, how are you doing tonight? ¿Cómo estás, Kenya?
3: Muy bien, muy contenta de estar con ustedes y de poder eh platicarles qué sigue con mi carrera. Sé que todos esperan a verme arriba de un ring y espero darles noticias pronto. Oh
1: well, she says that she's very happy to be here with us and she is very happy to be able to uh, talk about what is coming up with her career, what has happened to her career. And she's very thankful and happy that everybody's still interested in finding out what is going on with Kenya Enrique. So, obviously, she speaks Spanish. She doesn't speak a lot of English. So, I'm going to be uh, translating for her. So, what we're going to do is, you know, David will give us the question, then it did myself, and then I'll translate the question to Kenya. And then she would answer, and then I'll translate um, that answer. Go ahead, David.
2: Uh kenya what a pleasure it is to have you back on the show again. It's been a little while. And uh also uh it's been about 4 or 5 years since I've seen you. Um but uh what have you been doing the last 2 years? Qué,
1: bueno, qué es un placer tenerte en el programa. Y obviamente ha sido como o cinco años de la última vez que te vio David, pero qué has hecho en los últimos 2 años?
3: Hola, hola David, qué gusto escucharte y sí, ya ha pasado tiempo. Eh, he estado entrenando, preparándome siempre pues en un gimnasio, eh, estuve tratando de estar arriba de un ring, pero no se pudo, siempre estoy buscando mi mejor versión, tal vez no la he podido mostrar al mundo arriba de un ring, pero dentro de un gimnasio cada vez estoy avanzando más.
1: Uh, David, She says that uh, you know, it has been a while, and she says that thank you for having the show, and, and and hello to you, and that she has been training for the last couple of years. That she has been training inside a gym. She has tried to get back into the ring, but for one reason or another, she has not been able to. But that she has been training and you know sharpening her skills and getting better day by day, day by day, in a, in the gym, but she has just not been able to uh, to show it.
2: And. Have there been any changes, uh, like does you have a new manager or a manager or promoter or uh, anything at all that you can mention?
1: Que si ha habido algunos cambios en tu carrera, un nuevo entrenador, un nuevo apoderado, un nuevo eh, promotor, cualquier cambio que que ha habido en tu carrera en los últimos dos años.
3: Eh, No ha habido ningún cambio, he estado manejándome como agente libre haciendo copromoción con Sanfer, que ahí han pasado las últimas peleas de mi carrera. Eh, la única cosa es que volví a casa con mi papá, gracias a la pandemia, me hizo regresar con mi familia, estar entrenando al lado de mi hermana, Tania Enrique Sandra Robles, estar entrenando con mi hermano menor que ahora tiene 15 años y está haciendo sus primeras peleas en el amateur así que mi carrera sigue igual siendo agente libre buscando la oportunidad de alguna promotora en Estados Unidos para también mostrar mi talento ahí
1: she says there hasn't been much changes. You know, she is a free agent. She doesn't have a promoter. As of right now, her last fights were, were Stanford promotions, but she's not signed to them. And the only change is that she actually moved back home. I mean, she's lived in Tijuana, but she moved back home with her family, with her dad, um, and she's training now alongside uh, with her sister, Tania Enriquez, and her younger brother who is starting to do his uh, his first amateur fight. So they're all training as a family, like they did when when they first began.
2: In in her last fight, uh, she didn't make the weight. Is one twelve going to be her official weight, or is she going to be venturing down
1: to one oh eight again? En tu última oportunidad para una pelea, no dices el peso. Entonces, este peso mosca va a ser tu división, o crees intentar bajar otra vez a las ciento ocho libras?
3: Eh, mis ganas de estar arriba de un ring me hicieron tomar la pelea con cinco semanas y media de anticipación confiada en en mi trabajo y que siempre estoy en un gimnasio pensé que iba a dar el peso al final me di cuenta que que estoy creciendo y estoy madurando y no creo poder volver a dar 108 libras la pelea se volvió a pactar en 115, mi rival no quiso hacer la pelea y es entendible, Eh, yo creo que no volveré a dar el 108 hasta un punto donde haga esta campaña en 112, creo que fui muy evitada y la única razón que me quedaba en 108 libras era porque quería enfrentarme a la campeona absoluta, cosa que siempre lo dije en mis redes sociales, siempre se lo dije a ella, se lo dije a mi organismo cuando fui a la convención en Filipinas y no vi movimiento y esa era la única esperanza que me mantenía en 108, ahora yo creo que Entendiendo a mi cuerpo y y trabajando duro, puedo hacer lo mismo en 112, que fue una de las divisiones en las cuales empecé.
1: But she says that she actually, her back in the ring made her take that fight, her last fight, uh, her last last scheduled fight, with the five and a half weeks of uh, of, of before, you know, of camp. So she thought, even though she was training, she thought she was going to be able to make the weight. She wasn't able to make the weight. Um, They, They negotiated to make the fight at 115 pounds and her her opponent didn't want to do that. So the fight didn't go through. Um, she feels that she's growing. She's older. So she doesn't be able to make 108 pounds for the time being until she starts kind of like training a little bit more. But she's going to be campaigning at a 112. And one of the reasons that she kind of wanted to stay at 108 for such a long time is because she wanted to fight for the full-fledged title against the champion, which she had mentioned time and time again. She asked you know, her promoters at the time. She asked the WBC at the time to give her the opportunity, and she was never given the opportunity. She felt she was avoided. So now she's going to be campaigning at a 112 where she has fought before, where she won her first world title, and that's where she's going to be at. And uh,
2: what's your opinion about what's going on in the United States, in the lower weight classes, Uh it's never happened before where fighters from 105 to 112 are getting a lot of opportunities on big shows and television. Uh What does she think about what's going on in the United States?
1: ¿Cuál es tu opinión sobre lo que está pasando ahorita en los Estados Unidos con las categorías más ligeras como 108, 112, donde por primera vez en quizás la historia del boxeo femenino le han dado Atención en los Estados Unidos A esas divisiones en el boxeo
3: Pues primeramente Estoy muy contenta porque estamos Abriendo las puertas eh, Peleadoras de gran nivel Están en los escenarios más grandes Pero creo que Al llegar ellas ahí nos están Viendo también eh, dándole Atractivo a la gente Con con peleas de mejor nivel Lo Lo he visto con Sinés Estrada que es una peleadora Que estaba en mi división y que había perseguido y a la cual me quería enfrentar y nunca pasó, decidió hacer peleas con Anabella Ortiz, ahora espero que eh, la campeona Marlene Esparza y yo también haciendo méritos se me pueda permitir estar en los Estados Unidos disputando ese título, siendo otra división y siendo otra peleadora que se ha visto que no le no le teme a, a nadie más ni enfrentarse a grandes retos.
1: She says that she's happy because, you know, they're starting to make noise and starting to get the attention they deserve. They feel that, you know, they're getting some good fights and they're doing some, um, you know, some good fights and sometimes not so good fights. Um, you know, she mentions Seneza Estrada, a fighter that she had, uh, was hoping to fight at 108 pounds, and for whatever reason, the fight was not made. And now at 112 pounds against Marlene Esparza, she hopes that at one point she is given the opportunity to face Marlene Esparza because she feels that Marlene Esparza is willing to face um, um, some good fighters at 112 pounds. She kind of feels that Estrada didn't by facing Anabel Ortiz, which was smaller than her, than, than Estrada. So she's hoping that Esparza is willing to face um, some fighters in her own division.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much, Kenya, and uh, I'm going to pass it on to Lupi.
3: Un gusto, David, y espero ojalá verlo pronto en Los Ángeles.
1: She says uh, it's been a pleasure, David, and she hopes to see you soon in Los Angeles. Oh, that'll be great. Lupi?
0: Hey, hi, Kenya, mi hermana. How are you?
3: Hola, hola, ¿cómo estás? Qué gusto escucharte.
0: I know. You know, the last time we were together was at the 2018 WBC Women's Conference. And at one of the clinics, you walked up to the mic and pleaded. You pleaded with Jill Diamond and Malte Michaels, who head the women's division, to make the fight against Yesenia Gomez. What happened if anything happened after that?
1: Dice que la última vez que se vieron fue en la convención, creo que fue en 2018 en las Filipinas, donde pues casi casi le ruegas a Jill Diamond y al el, el jefe del comité que era el, el alemán. Eh, Eh, que te dieran la pelea contra Yesenia Gómez, que si algo pasó, que si en algún momento se obrieron pláticas o algo para hacer esa, esa pelea
3: yo creo que, que lo mismo que todos estamos viendo lo mismo yo fui a pedir la pelea Llegó un momento de mi frustración, mi enojo, porque estaba haciendo todos los méritos posibles para estar siendo disputa por ese título que tanto desee, porque un interinato no es algo que un peleador quiera. Uno quiere ser el campeón absoluto. No pasó nada, no hubo pláticas. Eh, ella siempre me trató de evitar. El Consejo Mundial le permitió muchas peleas opcionales eh, yo creo que fueron cosas que no estuvieron en mis manos, pero algo de lo que siempre estuvo en mis manos es estar preparada para enfrentarme a ella porque yo creo en mis cualidades y todos sabemos que tenía muy buen porcentaje de de, de estadísticas de poder ganar.
1: She says that nothing ever happened, and, you know, she kept asking and asking for the fight and they just avoided it. Um she was never given the opportunity, she was never given the reason. She saw that the WBC would allow her to take voluntary defenses and they would never give her the opportunity but the only and it was completely out of her hands and the only thing that she could that was in her hands was to keep getting ready and to be ready if they ever gave her the opportunity and that you know everybody could see that if that fight were ever to be made that she would have a good percentage of winning that fight
0: okay did you really grow up throwing punches in the
3: streets of Tijuana
1: Dice que sí, de en verdad creciste tirando golpes en las calles de Tijuana.
3: Eh, la verdad es que sí, fue una niña muy traviesa, siempre eh tratando <laughs> de defender mis ideas y y mi y mis, mis cosas, entonces fue difícil y tuve que hacerlo a la mala porque a la buena nadie entiende. <laughs>
1: she said that yes, it's true that she was very uh, you know, she was very uh spunky little girl and she always uh, wanted to it- give out her ideas and sometimes they don't understand by words and they had to understand by her face. And on a side note, a story (laughs) that I would tell you that whenever we drive, whenever I give her a ride somewhere, we drive past her, her uh, junior high, she always points it out and lets me know that she used to run that school by the fact that she used to kick all the other girls' butts. So, you know, she claims (laughs) that I don't know if it's true or not. Pero
3: lo bueno es que ya no lo hago. She
1: says that the good thing is that she doesn't do it anymore. Go ahead, Lucy. Hey, does she think she's
0: one of the most avoided avoided fighters?
1: ¿Crees que eres una de las peleadoras más evitadas?
3: Yo creo que soy la peleadora más evitada como número uno. Yo, Yo me considero el top uno porque cuando he querido pelear en México eh no se ha dado la oportunidad por más que le diga a la peleadora por sus redes sociales directamente, y hey, aquí estoy cuando se les cae una pelea, como lo hice con Ciniesa, lo hice con Yesenia Gómez, lo lo he tratado de hacer con todas las campeonas y todas prefieren, pues al final vemos en el ring a otra peleadora y no a mí.
1: She says that she feels that she is the number 1 most avoided fighter right now because she, even though when she has gone and publicly gone on their social media and told them that she's ready to fight them. They won't do it whenever, you know, like Yesenia Gomez, who never defended against her when, um, when a fight would fall out for Sineas Estrada and she would go on there and, and to ask her for the fight. They would never fight her, and you would see another fighter in the ring, you know, so she does feel that she is the most avoided fighter out there in Mexico and maybe in the United States as far as the weight class.
0: She gets my vote for being the most avoided fighter
1: can Dice she que update que us <laughs> can Lupita. she
0: update us on her annual all-female amateur boxing invitational tournament I know she had both the support of WBC and WBAN, um and that Blanca and I want to bring our beautiful brothers to compete we could do Mexico versus USA but I'd like to know what the status is of that tournament
1: dice que si las puedes actualizar con cualquier noticia sobre tu torneo sabe que tuviste apoyo de no solo del Consejo Mundial de Boxeo pero también de la SU, de la sufax de la WBN entonces quisiera saber cualquier noticia que tengas de eso y también que si las invitas quieres traer a las a sus de sus gimnasios las de Bree for Ballers, para que vengan a, a competir también
3: claro que sí será un gusto justamente en este momento estoy tratando de organizar a a que sea la quinta edición en este año, que no pase desapercibido y seguir impulsando las grandes eh, prospectos que hay aquí en mi ciudad y y que mejor que vengan también de otras partes, son más que bienvenidas. Espero pronto darles más noticias y que vean la quinta edición de este torneo que siempre busca impulsar el boxeo femenil amateur.
1: She says that with, with, it would be a pleasure for you to come down with all your uh, with all your girls from your gym and to fight there. And that she is actually right now planning the fifth edition of the of her tournament. That she's not going to let this year go by without having one. And you know, it's been a pleasure for her and something that has honored her and be able to um, you know push and promote female boxing here in Tijuana and in Baja California and, and the border region. So that is. Um, one of her main goals for uh, for this year is to put on her tournament once again.
0: That's great. And tell her seriously, you know, Blanca told me, keep her up to date because we do want to bring our team.
1: Dice que sinceramente si quieren traer al equipo para que para que compitan aquí, entonces que, que la actualices cuando tengas más información.
3: Claro, será un, un gran torneo trayendo más peleadoras y que se vea cada vez más la calidad porque veo su gran trabajo y lo admiro mucho. Ahora será un gusto
1: she said that it would be a pleasure for her to have you guys here. You know, that she's seen the the work that you guys do, and it would be a, even a better tournament with you guys involved and in, in participating um, here in Tijuana with, with your fighters.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. I'm excited. Okay, so you were in, um, she was in Colombia's uh, Alejandra Lara's corner at Bellator 266, and that was here in San Jose, California against california deanna bennett and how was her experience at the fights and in the bay area
1: estuviste en la esquina de alejandra lara se llama este de colombia en uh-huh. Bellator, uh-huh. no sé qué 200 y algo entonces cuál fue tu exp- ahí en san jose california que es cerca de donde vive lupi entonces cuál fue tu experiencia en esa esquina y también en san jose california
3: eh, fue increíble por el hecho de que estuve ayudando en su campamento estuve siendo su compañera de entrenamiento, estuve viviendo en Guadalajara, me fui esos meses de campamento que ella tuvo previos, estuvimos estuve aprendiendo muchísimo de ella y fue algo gigantesco para mí porque ver tantas personas, estar ahí en la esquina, realmente no tienes palabras para, para describirlo, fue emocionante y San José me encantó, fui a conocer Monterrey, donde están las ballenas, muy bonito lugar.
1: She said that it was an incredible experience. She actually, um, you know, trained alongside Alejandra Lara uh, for that fight. She was one of her training partners, and she was able to she was able to get to know her a lot and be part of her uh, of her uh, corner. And then, um, you know, that she really liked San Jose a lot. She went to Monterrey, and she was able to see the whales.
0: Oh yeah, it's beautiful. One last question. Uh, her her your only loss is to Melissa McMorrow and uh would she take that rematch it's a fantasy fight for me would she take that rematch if mcmurdo was in
1: dice que tu otra que eh, que tu única derrota ha sido contra melissa mcmurdo entonces si llegara a hacerse esa revancha si melissa mcmurdo la aceptaría eh, que si aceptarías eh, enfrentarte ella otra vez
3: claro que sí es una de las peleas que más esperaría por el hecho de que he madurado, de que ahora creo que puedo resolver ese problema que se llama Melissa McMorro, y que tengo más herramientas y que he trabajado más duro que en ese entonces.
1: She thinks that she that she would definitely will accept that that rematch. Um she feels that she has matured, she has learned a lot more. I think she thinks that she has learned how to resolve that problem named Melissa McMorrow and that um she will be she will more than happy uh uh take that fight.
0: Oh. I'll let my know. Mm-hmm. It was great talking to I miss
3: her So much.
1: Dice que fue un placer
0: hablar contigo y que te extraña.
3: Es un gusto y espero que eh, darles noticias pronto. De verdad que fue un gusto escucharlos, poder platicar un poco, y espero que la siguiente ocasión tenga noticias de que estaré arriba de un ring y puedan ver mi mejor versión.
1: She says that she's very happy to hear from she's, uh, you have it on sticker?
0: No, I don't.
1: Uh, and she has uh She's very happy to hear from you. And she and she uh, thank you for having her on the, on the show. So now I'm going to give my um my questions. I'm going to first give them in English and then I'll translate for her. One thing that we do know from her social media is that she kind of touched. She kind of dipped her toe into the mma world i'm going to ask her what made her go into mma and what she thinks of the sport eh, algo que conocimos de ti en tus redes sociales fue de que decidiste practicar el, el, las artes marciales mixtas ¿Por qué decidiste eh, practicar esta disciplina y qué piensas de ese deporte
3: lo empecé a practicar porque siempre ambiciono a cosas muy grandes era un reto para mí y pensé en mi cabeza que podía ser la siguiente Holly Mexicana <laughs> y y que es algo que que quiero seguir practicando a la par de mi deporte pero ahora primero tengo que tener prioridad el boxeo nuevamente.
1: She said that she started train she started learning about it and training MM you know, she likes challenges and it was a challenge for her to learn a completely different sport and she had an idea in her head that she wanted to become the Mexican holly home. But uh, but she loves the sport. She thinks it's a good discipline. and She wants to continue to train a- alongside boxing. But she feels that she has to give. Uh, she needs to focus more on her on her boxing career because that's where that's what she is. She's a boxer. Eh, Qué es tu opinión? Well, what's your opinion about some of the other fighters, not Holly Holm, but like Heather Hardy or Amanda Serrano, and even Clarissa Shields, who have jumped into the octagon as well? What do you think about? what they're doing as far as their MMA career. ¿Qué es tu opinión sobre no tanto Holly Holm, pero las otras boxeadores que han incursionado en ese en ese deporte como Heather Hardy, Amanda Serrano y Clarissa Shields? ¿Qué qué es tu opinión sobre lo que están haciendo y lo que ellas hacen adentro del, del, de la jaula? Si crees que tienen futuro en ese deporte.
3: La verdad que las admiro mucho porque yo lo intenté y por muchas veces Es, me sentí que me quebraba Por lo duro que ha sido Y veo que ellas han resuelto Muy bien eh, el llevar a la par El boxear y el estar Haciendo MMA por parte De todas veo que tienen mucho talento Mucho potencial a la que más Admiro y veo que tiene posibilidades Es Amanda Serrano fue Clarice Chips todavía tiene que trabajar Mucho en su piso ya que esta última vez Fue derrotada por Abby Montes la cual conocí en Guadalajara Y estuve entrenando con ella Eh uh, yo creo que debe de trabajar un poco. Se vio que ella no hizo la transición adecuada. Espero espero yo algún día ser igual de grande que ella hacer los dos deportes a la par.
1: You know, she says she admires them for, you know, taking the challenge of of going into MMA uh, alongside with their boxing career. She feels that out of of them three, the one that probably has um the better chance at it is at least right now is Amanda Serrano. She thinks that Clarissa Shield needs to work a little bit more on her groundwork because she ended up losing to Abigail Montes, a fighter that Kenya actually trained with and met and trained with in Guadalajara. And then the one that I think is coming up in the rear is Heather Hardy, that her transition hasn't been uh, the greatest. But she does admire them, and she at one point wants to join them and being a a dual-sport athlete and be able to uh, fight in – in boxing and MMA as well. And just for so you guys don't know, she actually was signed to an MMA company, Combates Americas, and then she ended up not taking the fight for Combates Americas. So with that said, um, you know, she got pretty deep into the MMA world. Um, so with that said, my question is, why did you actually decide to stop, you know, pursuing that goal and to kind of come back and refocus? box o sea sabemos de que te llegaste lejos en el mundo de las artes marciales empresa combates américas pero por qué decidiste no perseguir ese sueño por el momento y reenforcarte al boxeo
3: porque es difícil porque realmente creo que mi carrera como boxeadora es la es lo más importante veo que no he obtenido eh, los méritos que se necesitan para que te den grandes peleas Eh, ya lo hemos visto que he perseguido a las grandes campeonas y no se ha dado así que debo de trabajar más duro hacer más peleas y posicionarme tanto en el número uno que no haya otra manera de que me enfrenten ya que llegue a una estabilidad otra vez como ser campeona ahora sí puedo pensar en seguir persiguiendo ese sueño
1: deeper into mma because it is hard to concentrate on on both uh on both uh sports and that she wants to reestablish herself as you know her position in boxing and become again a world champion you know she chased world champions like yesenia gomez and others in boxing and she wasn't given the opportunity so now she wants to go and chase you know and become a world champion again and once that she is more established as a boxer to the point where she is a world champion again. I think she will think about going again into MMA. With that said, um, just recently this week, um, the new WBC rankings were released uh, for January, yeah. and yeah. Kenyan Ken- Kenyan Ken- has, Ken- been- has been. You have a speaker, I think. Uh, Luke- yeah. Ken- Ken- has been <laughs> removed. For as the interim WBC lightweight land champion, but she has been ranked number one for the flightweight uh, division with the champion being Marlene Sparta. She's actually above now. Do you have any speaker, Lupi? It's, it's no, I'm
0: not. No, I'm
1: not. Oh, that's weird. And then uh, my question is, what's her opinion about being ranked number one as a flyway and does she feel that she's going to have as much trouble getting Marlene Esparza in the ring as she did Yesenia Gómez? ¿Qué es tu opinión sobre ser clasificada como la número uno en peso mosca por el Consejo Mundial de Boxeo, ya que ya no eres la campeona interina peso mini mosca? Y si crees que te va a dar tanto trabajo enfrentarte en un cuadrilátero a Marlene Esparza como te dio Yesenia Gómez.
3: Primero que nada, me gustaría mucho agradecer a Mauricio Sulaimán y al Consejo Mundial de Boxeo por tomar esta pues este 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 momento de llevarme a la clasificación del peso mosca y tomarme como un poco de respeto como la campeona que fui en la 108 y la gran representación que hice. Espero que no se me dificulte tanto estar arriba de un ring con Marlene Esparza. Ella sabe mi calidad porque ya hemos hecho sparring aquí en Tijuana. Espero que no le tema a eso.
1: She, first of all, she wants to thank Marisa Suleiman from the WBC for, you know, ranking her number one and for maybe taking into consideration. She feels it like a show of respect by the WBC, by her reign and 108 pounds and the way that she represented the WBC as a 108 champion. And she hopes that Marlene Esparza is willing to face her at one time or another um, for the world title. Marlene Esparza knows her very well. They sparred here in Tijuana before. So hopefully she she's hoping that Esparza doesn't fear that what she saw here in Tijuana when they sparred and she's willing to face her sometime in the near future. So uh, with that said, I want to thank Kenny Enriquez. For being here with us. Gracias, Kenia, por estar aquí con nosotros. Any closing thoughts, David, Lupe? No,
2: just can't wait to see her in person. Okay. That would be great. Sí, que, no puedes,
1: que quieren verte en el ring, quieren verte en persona, mm-hmm. y que te dan las gracias por estar con nosotros. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm going to ask her to give uh, her her social media just since her uh, her Instagram account was hacked. That's two redes sociales.
3: Eh, Pues muchas gracias a ti también, Felipe Por por esta entrevista y este espacio Siempre me da gusto platicar contigo Eh, Espero me sigan En mis redes sociales Ya que mi cuenta acaba de ser hackeada Oficial Kenny Enríquez Y que puedan seguir mi carrera Espero darles noticias pronto Empecé a trabajar durísimo eh, En estas semanas de enero para poder estar arriba de un ring lo más pronto posible y ojalá que todos mis fans empujen a a la pelea versus Marlene Esparza, yo me siento contenta, Eh, sé que no he estado arriba de un ring dos años, pero mi trabajo del día a día me da la seguridad de que puedo ganar esa pelea y convertirme en campeona absoluta.
1: She says that she wants to thank everybody for having her on the show, for everybody to follow her on Instagram at official Oficial, which is O-F, only one F, because it's in Spanish, O-F-I-C-I-A-L, Kenny Enriquez, because her other account was hacked. So she's pushing everybody to Oficial Kenny Enriquez, and hopefully we get to see her in the ring soon, and hopefully Esparza, gives her the opportunity for a world title soon. She's working hard in the uh, in the beginning of this year, and she's getting ready for anything that might happen in 2022. Thank you, Kenya, and um, we'll see you soon.
3: Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. Former
1: two-divisional world champion Kenya Enriquez of Tijuana, you know, she's asking for a world title opportunity. We all know her story where it was very difficult to get the full-fledged 108-pound champion Yesenia Gomez. I mean, it says something about Kenya's quality. I mean, obviously she hasn't fought in two years, but we do remember when she was a little bit more active, she was on all the top ten lists, you know, maybe eight, nine, around there, but she was on all the top ten lists. You know, one thing or another led for her to not be as active, but she's, recommitted to her career and she wants to get back in there. Um, you know, and one thing that it does say, I mean, even though she wasn't active, only, even though she was only fighting once a year, Yesenia Gomez was ne- didn't want to give her the opportunity so much so that she's willing to put up her belt and travel two countries north to Canada to face Kim Clavel when Kenya Enriquez was a short plane ride away in Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, so I think that kind of goes to show um, how feared Kenyan Enriquez is, is or was at 108 pounds, at least by the WBC champion. And we'll see if that is the fact at 112, David.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely uh, an embarrassment and shame that uh, the WBC allowed Isenia uh, Gomez to, to avoid her for four years straight. And, uh, I mean, when you're the ranked number one fighter – it can be avoided for maybe a year, but four years straight, uh, a sanctioning body allowed that. That was a shame.
1: Lupi?
0: You know, at the, at the conference, um, they, were, they were having clinics, and people can go up to the mic, like french People went up to the mic to speak, and and I was sitting right there, and Kenya walks up, and she told me, she goes, video this. So I got up my phone, and I was videoing And she had the Mexican flag wrapped around her. She looked adorable, and she just pleaked. I mean, she was so emotional and she cried. I put some of it out on my social media. I mean, I'll talk to her and see if she doesn't mind if I put it out. It was. I mean, everyone stopped to listen and everybody. There was people crying. She was crying, you know. And that's why I wanted to know. Did any? We, well, we all know if anything happened. I mean, fight doesn't happen. But you know, it was good to get it out of her mouth to see what really did happen. And of course, was yeah, was was it was nothing. Well we'll see. Let a- that video out
1: yeah let's see, uh, let's see what comes up and, and, and go from there. Um, well, moving on to, uh, to our fight chatter. last week it was announced former WBC 130 pound champion Terry Harper of England will make her lightweight debut, taking on former WBO featherweight world champion Heather Hardy in a scheduled 10 rounder. The bout will be for the WBA Intercontinental lightweight title on Saturday, March 12th in Nottingham, England, and live in the USA in the USA. On the zone so the other choices that were mentioned for this fight at least by Steffi Bull who is uh, I believe uh, Terry Harper's trainer and manager kind of like he kind of floated them I don't know how serious they were kind of floated them out there on social media was uh, Melissa St. Ville Ewa Bronica the former WBO 130 pound champion and medium Gutierrez who we last saw get beaten to a pulp by Amanda Serrano So out of those four choices Lupe Do you think that Heather Hardy Was the best choice
0: I don't really think there There is the best choice I think they're all pretty tough They're all good fights for Carrie. I mean um, Melissa v- St. Ville. Okay so Hardy's only losses to Amanda Serrano I think maybe their team Harper's looking at it as you know Hardy's getting older. She got beat. You know they're they're just guesstimating or underestimating. I mean, do you want me to go on on the others, or are we just talking Hardy?
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead and to the others.
0: Because if you look at Melissa Saintville, I mean her last three fights: uh, Olivia Garula, Jessica Camara, who's really hot, Dahiana Santa, uh, Dahiana. She fights everybody. I mean, they're probably looking at that thing. I mean, if she beat Jessica Kamara, who had one of the best fights of the year with Callie Reese, that's a pass. I mean, Eva Brodnicka is probably, for me, the. Cl- I would have probably taken that one over Hardy. I mean, she lost to Michaela. Um, that was unanimous. And then she beat somebody who was like 10 and 10. I mean, with losses to Serrano Kamara, I think that could probably be the fight. Miriam Gutierrez, I mean, she fought Taylor and Serrano. And, yeah, she lost... I think she, unanimous decisions by both, but I mean, it's still in no way. I mean, she that Miriam Gutierrez is tough, and no, they haven't taken her down. So maybe for them, it was elimination, and they went with the elder Hardy, which I don't know if that's a good choice because she took a hard, she took that loss by Serrano, so she might be ready to come and take it. You know, I mean, and then she, Terry had that loss. We'll see if that's another like uh, level playing field with Terry having that loss and Hardy coming back from a Serrano loss. I would probably go with Ewa if I had to pick.
1: If you had to pick between those four. What about you, David? Would you have gone with Heather Hardy or would you have picked uh, somebody else?
2: Oh, they're all good. Those are all good choices. You can't go wrong with any of them. The only one I might hesitate is Ewa Brodiga because she holds a lot. But um, hmm. the rest of them, they're all equal. I mean, you're, you could just toss a coin and pick any one of them. They're all equal to me because uh, Heather Hardy is a really strong fighter, and uh, she is a gate attraction too. That's another thing, thing that people yeah. have to consider. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But one thing about Heather Hardy is the last time we saw her at Lightweight, which was against Jessica Camaro, she didn't look great. So that might have been um, a reason why they ended up with going with her. Obviously, As fans, we want to see the best fight available, but as Steffi Bull, Bull, I mean, I'm sorry, Terry Harper's team, Steffi Bull being the main guy there as the manager trainer, they don't want to... I I feel that they don't want to go with the toughest fighter because she is coming off a devastating fourth-round knockout by Alicia Baumgartner. I mean, she was basically Mm -hmm. put to sleep standing, uh, standing up. And that's a point that Michaela Mayer who is the WBO and IBF super featherweight champion who was hoping to face Terry Harper for the WBC title before Alicia Baumgartner uh, knocked her out. That's one thing that she mentioned in her social media is that maybe it was too soon to have her fight um, months, only months after that knockout loss to uh, to Alicia Baumgartner. David, do you think that that's a, a valid point by Michaela Mayer?
2: Uh, Absolutely. I think it is. Um, They might, maybe she should take somebody a lot less. Uh, I'm sure they're thinking about big money fights too. They want to sell tickets because you don't want to just do it for practice. But uh, I'm with you. I think she needs somebody lesser quality just to get her bearings back because she did get uh, zapped in the ring and that's uh, not easy to come back from.
1: I wonder what is the, I mean, I'm sure that they could have, they could have came back with, you know, a domestic opponent, somebody obviously not mm-hmm. a known fighter with with a, maybe a little bit over 500 record or maybe even a 500 record and not just, and well, the thing about the zone and matchroom is that they, they go live with like all their fights, you know, mm-hmm. like from the first fight to the last fight, they go live on it on The Zone from England, which is okay. I mean, that's where I like it because we get to see these 1-0 and 2-0 female fighters, and maybe we would have seen, you know, Terry Harper in an eight-rounder against anybody. Um, But the fact that they're going after a WBA Intercontinental Lightweight title, and I believe that they're trying to use Terry Harper as, you know, one of the anchors of the promotion as far as ticket sales, that's why I feel that they are going with a name like Heather Hardy. So do you think that, that that's the right way to go?
2: know. Uh, gee, it's it's you know, every promoter is different. Uh Eddie Hearn, he's his own kind of promoter. He's a little different from the others. But but the other thing too is he's very, very all uh United Kingdom. So he always mm-hmm. thinks about a gate attraction for his, the fans in the in U.K. And I think he sees Heather Hardy as the, the draw, a big draw. Because mm-hmm. Heather Hardy does have a lot of crowd appeal. I mean, yeah. she is Irish, and what better way to attract uh, fans from England than those Irish fans? Because are a lot of them in, in <laughs> the U.K. That's true. Now, looking. Can I add something? Go, go ahead. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I think David gave a point with the draw. I mean, Hardy is a huge draw. And it's really, it must be hard kind of when they're sitting there trying to pick the opponents because if you look, I mean, Natasha Jonas, to me, I thought she exposed Harper. And then they got the draw, and I thought Harper won, or uh, Jonas won. And then she goes and she TKO's Catherine Sanders, who's like 13-0. And And then she gets (laughs) knocked out by Alicia. So it's kind of a weird pattern she has going. So it must be really hard to pick that opponent. I mean, is yeah. Terry Harper as good as Eddie has always been saying? Which I don't think she is, but it must be really hard.
2: David, do you have an answer? Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I agree that um, Harper is a she. She has decent skills, but she was never super athletic. I never saw that. I just saw somebody who, who could punch hard and knew how to fight and was a, a good draw. I mean, she had a good story. People like her. She's very, very nice. Um, and I, they have something there, and they're hoping that she can recover from that devastating loss because that was a devastating loss. I know a lot of British fans say that, oh, no, she was only stunned. No, they they just don't know that or realize that she could have seriously been hurt if that referee
1: wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Now, Lupe, my question to you is, with the win here over Terry Harp, over Heather Hardy. Do you think it positions Terry Harper as the number 1 challenger to the winner of Taylor versus Serrano?
0: No. I don't think anybody cares. But as far seriously, as- um no, I I I think that if she became I don't think anybody there's other fights to other people to see other than Terry Harper. But seriously, no, because we've yet to see what happens with Mayer and Choi and Bumgarner. That's what we have to see first. But I don't think it puts her personally, I don't think it puts her as a number one. I mean, I'd like to see Harper versus McKellen, but do I really want to see Harper versus Katie or Serrano? Not really.
1: But the fact that, because I see what you're saying, that, you know, the the winner between Choi, Mayer, and, and Baumgartner you know, will be a big name, but they will still be moving up to 135. Versus Harper, will already be established at 135 with the win over Hardy. Even though Hardy is not a lightweight, but they are fighting that lightweight. David, do you agree with Loopy, or, or is, that she wouldn't be a viable number one contender, or or do you think that um, she would be?
2: Well, viable, no. I mean, worldwide, is, should she be number one if she were to win? No, but in terms of British fans, and that's what Eddie Hearn is always uh, uh, focusing on—is British fans. We we think of uh, Eddie Hearn as a worldwide promoter, but and, and he is, but he really his his bread and butter is, is the UK, and uh, or actually the British Commonwealth, which includes Australia and all those countries too.
1: Okay. Well, if we just go by the, because I mean I'm going by the W. Not that I have a a a. And if you guys listen to the show, you know that I don't, um, I don't um, you know, put the WBC in any other higher regard than any of the other organizations. But the fact that they are that they 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 just updated the rankings will go with theirs. Well, the number one ranked fighter at lightweight is Amanda Serrano. Well, obviously, Katie Taylor is going to fight her. Number two is mm-hmm. Delphine Persoon, but Delphine Persoon has already fought at 130 pounds. She's already dropped to 130 in her last couple fights, and we're going yeah. to touch on what might be her next fight uh, in a couple minutes. So the number three fighter at 135 pounds, ranked by the WBC, is Estelle Mosley from France. So mm. so would she be a more viable uh contender for the winner of katie taylor amanda serrano than terry harper being heather hardy i don't know i mean as far as uh money wise harper a bigger name and mostly yeah we've never yeah. seen her
0: fight outside of france
1: yeah name
0: wise it would be harper
1: yeah so we'll see what happens there but first she has to get past heather hardy it should be i'm not going to say an easy fight but From what we saw Heather Hardy in her last fight with was at 135 pounds. Now, we got to give her the benefit of the doubt because she did mention uh, after that fight that, you know, maybe she didn't train as hard. We could see it in her body that she didn't look all that in shape. Um, We kind of give her the benefit of the doubt that she is going to train a little bit better for this fight, knowing what had happened in her last fight against Jessica Camara. But despite of that, Heather Hardy's coming up from... 126, she even has fought as low as 122. She's going to go all the way to 135. You know, she's an older lady now. So Harper is, should be the favorite, is the favorite. Um, but I'm not discarding uh, Heather Hardy that she could put up a pretty good fight.
2: Yeah, Heather is, uh, uh, what I remember the Jessica Kamara fight is that Heather was rallying the last uh, few rounds in the you know, she did rally. She she had a very slow start, but even though she knocked down Kamara the first round, she had a slow start, and then she rallied when she kind of knew that she was behind. So I, that's the Heather Hardy I know is going to show up in
0: the U.K. And then after Alicia knocked her out, I think that's also going to – I think Heather's going to use that, and she's going to use her losses, and I, I think it's going to be a really good fight.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good fight. It's, a, it's an interesting fight. Just to see if Heather mm-hmm. Hardy has one more of those great performances like what she did with uh, Shelly Vincent. or And let's see how Terry Harper comes back from that knockout loss. So on February 5th, newly crowned WBA World Bantamweight Champion Jamie Mitchell makes her first defensive title in Phoenix, Arizona, live on the zone against Liverpool's Carly Skelly. Who has a record of four wins, zero losses, one draw, no knockouts? So my question to you, David, is: Does a four and zero oh and one draw fighter deserve a shot at the title?
2: Well, it's happened before, even with men. I mean, if you remember, uh, uh, Vasyl Lomachenko was one and one when he fought uh, Gary Russell Jr. in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there there is a. a Prior happenings when when we saw that, so it, it's not it's not
1: often, but it happens. Well, the th- I I see what you're saying with Lomachenko, but I mean Lomachenko was like a two-time gold medalist or something like that, or I don't know how many gold mm-hmm. medals he had won, you know. And she she doesn't have that kind of pedigree. In fact, she's not even ranked in the last rankings by the WBA, um, which I believe to be December of last year. She's not even ranked at 118 pounds, Carly uh uh Carly Skelly. Carly yes. let, me Skelly. Check super, let me check if she's even ranked as super as super flyweight. She is not. Let's see if she's ranked as super bantamweight. Uh well, she, she has is not. That,
0: she has that WBC International Super Bantam and they probably she just got that in October, so they're probably looking at that like they can make this match slide, you know. Because they have been doing it. I mean, look at Ebony Bridges and there's been some.
1: Well, Ebony Bridges is ranked number six by the WBA at Bantamweight. So at least she's ranked. So the question here for you, Lupe, is that does she deserve the shot more than Shannon O'Connell, who is ranked number one and is their gold champion, Rosalinda Rodriguez, who's ranked number two, Solina Munoz, who is ranked number three, even though she shouldn't be in the rankings because she lost her last fight. Maureen yeah. Shea, who God knows what Maureen Shea is. I mean, she's been ranked in the top five by everybody, and she still doesn't get a title shot. And Wendelin Cruz from Nicaragua. Does Carly Skelly, who's not even ranked, get, deserve a shot more than these five women that I just mentioned? Even Selena Munoz, who just lost her last fight, has a, deserves it more just because of who she is and what she's done. I mean, she did defend her. Yeah wbc super flyweight title about 10 times so your thoughts
0: i mean do they deserve it yeah do they want it i mean shannon o'connell she's tough she probably doesn't she that probably wasn't even on the table i think that rosa linda rodriguez that would probably be the fight i mean 13 and 0 and what jamie's like 9 and 0 or something like that you would think that with the 13 and zero, and her last three fights were um they were against like a 2-1, and one. there was like a 3-21, and and she knocked somebody out, like a 1-3. You would think that that would be the fight. Uh, Zulina Munoz, in her last three fights, she had a TKO, a split decision, and then she was KO'd by Dina Thorsland. So they're probably not going to take it. That would be another one. Maureen Shea's another... You know, Maureen Shea's got so many fights, but I think the question is whether Maureen Shea would t- actually take the fight. I mean... She fought Yuliana Luna like way back 2015, and I mean Shay's like 29 and two, and her last fights were against a four and one, a five and five, and she beat Adina Kiss, who fights everybody. So I don't think that Shay would want it. Um, Wendelin Cruz, oh, she's another undefeated five and zero. I mean, she probably can't even get a visa coming from Nicaragua. I would mm. take that. I would I like the Rosalinda Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, I mean I just don't I just don't see how they, they I mean, WBA is going to do whatever Eddie Hearn wants cuz he's going to be paying the sanction fees and everything, all that. Now, mm-hmm. once an, another another fighter, well not another fighter cuz I'm not a fighter, but a fighter that did take offense to this matchup is none other than Las Vegas Serena McCoy who we had on the show. She actually went public on her comments from Instagram and actually showed receipts, receipts like the young people say. Um, showing the conversation that she went back and forth with uh, Jamie Mitchell. Um, it was, She stated that she was offered to the fight by Matchroom, and she accepted it, but that she was declined as the opponent by Mitchell's team. Um, I guess when she posted that, Jamie Mitchell responded to her privately in a DM and said, hey, um, you know, why are you posting that? I'm not about that, but... You know, whatever, whatever, let's, let's, let's spar. I need some sparring. And then uh, Serena McCoy's is like, why would I spar you? You know, why would I spar you and help you keep your title? Why don't you just, you know, win this fight and then let us you and I fight and put up your title if she gets to win the fight. So that is pretty, I don't know how much truth it has that McCoy, that she she was offered the fight by Matchroom and she she accepted it and, and Mitchell's team didn't. I mean, that's just, we're taking McCoy's word uh, on that. Um, but I find it kind of interesting that, despite of that, Mitchell was still after the spar, David.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> that is telling right there. But uh, hey, that's boxing. Yeah,
1: that's boxing. And, and the that fact that boxing. there isn't. Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of inter- I mean, I think that Mitchell in Vegas, uh, Loopy, is that where she trains out of?
0: Yeah. I've actually seen them training before. Um, Zarina didn't post pictures, but Jamie did a while back, within the last um, this year, and I remember looking at that picture going, wow, Zarina doesn't like her. And I just thought that to myself, and here we are.
1: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And, and, you know, and I would imagine that in Vegas, even though it is the fight capital of the world, there isn't a lot of female fighters in that way, because, I mean, you have Ava Knight. I don't know how active she is in the gym. I mean, she just fought not too long ago, but I don't know how active she is in the gym. I don't know. She's a bit smaller, but, you know, she can still get in there and sparring. I mean, no offense to Serena McCoy, but if you're going to learn from somebody, it's going to be from Ava Knight. You know, getting in the ring with her and sparring Mm -hmm. with her is going to prepare you a lot better for uh, Carly Skelly than a Serena McCoy will. So, uh, well, let's see that fight. I mean, let's see what happens. Jamie Mitchell, I mean, she should – I mean, I couldn't say should – but, I mean, if she is a world champion, we believe she is. What, what she did in England not too long ago, going over there and winning the world title, you know, she shouldn't have an issue with Carly Skelly. and then we'll see what what happens after that. And according to a report by Unorthodox Boxing Gear Twitter account, Mikaela Mayer is in talks to defend her unified WBO and IBF World Super Featherweight titles against former world champion the film Pursun on March 26th in Las Vegas. I think this is a great fight. I think Delphine Pursuit, we've seen what she did in two fights against Katie Taylor. A lot of us, some of us believe that she actually took at least one of those fights from Katie Taylor. She has dropped down to 130. One of the things that um, is holding up the fight from what I read is that, you know, she needs to prepare herself to the best of her ability. That means taking some time off. Uh, in her day job as a federal officer in her home country of Belgium, and they're trying to work out the finances for that, making sure that she's going to get paid, you know, a reasonable amount by taking this fight so that she could cover not only what her purse should be, but also that time off that she needs to take from her job to get ready for this fight. So, David, what do you think about this fight? Do you think this is a a logical next step for uh, Michaela Mayer since maybe they're not giving her a chance against Choi or Baumgartner just yet because the zone controls them. So Topring has to look for the next best thing. And to me, it might be Delphine Pursuant. Do you feel the same? Uh, Well,
2: I mean, she is a tough fighter. I mean, there's no doubt about that. She is very, very tough, and she might be better than all of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense if the – if Michaela's going to get an opportunity to fight uh, Choi or, or Baumgartner, then yeah, why not? I mean, Michaela's one of the gutsiest fighters out there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. female boxing is filled with people like that. They will fight anybody, and Michaela's one of them. She does She mm-hmm. absolutely believes in her own talent, and you want to mm-hmm. see that in a fighter. And she has a mean streak too, and um, <laughs> you know. That's a great fight.
1: But I do like it. I do. I think that it's a logical next step after facing Maiva Hamadouche and, um, and, and, and you know, going – you know, her toughest fight to date and, and taking on that fight and, and going through that war that she had to do against Maiva Hamadouche to win that IBF 130-pound title. I think – I mean, Delphine Pursuit is going to – I mean, if, she, if, the, if we see the same Delphine Persoon that we saw against Katie Taylor – Mikaela Mayer has a fight in her hands, Loopy.
0: Yeah, yeah. This would be the test of all tests for Michaela. I mean, I, I like the fight. I mean, well, with Alicia being the wild card, I mean, this is great because it did kind of mess everything up in a way. I like it because, I mean, Michaela's tall. She's 5'9", and Delphine's 5'9", and Michaela's reach is like 66 and, a half and Delphine's probably around the same. I like this because when we see Michaela fighting smaller girls, she tends to go down for, to their level for a few rounds until she gets it. It's like, use that reach. Use everything. This is where it's, it, I think it's, it's going to be explosive. It's going to be beautiful because they're both the same. And she doesn't have to fight their fight. She's going to fight her own fight. I think this is despite the, um, Delphine's experience, this is a fair fight.
1: Now, David, in my opinion, Delphine Pursuit is the, the toughest most experienced opponent that all the current 130 pound champions have faced: Choi, uh, Mayor, um, even I think isn't isn't uh, Hamadouche's only loss or first loss to Del Persoon. I believe that is the case. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and and Bob Gardner. So if Mayor comes out as the winner against Persoon. How do you seed her? How do you position her against the other champs at 130 pounds? Well, to me,
2: the fact, if they don't allow Bayer to fight one of those other uh, matchroom fighters, I would just abandon the division and move up. Wow. After the Katie Taylors and the Serranos for the Mm. bigger money. Yeah. I mean, why stick around? Why do them a favor? They're not doing her a favor. So I would Mm -hmm. just move up and say, I'll go after bigger money. I don't need you.
1: <laughs> when do you make that decision, though? When do you make that decision of... of, of I mean, because it's a, count and mouse, it's a count, cat and mouse game where you kind of go back and forth and you see who fights who, and then you make an mm-hmm. offer and whatever. So yeah. how how far do you go where you decide as far as his her manager, George... What's his last name? George? Reese. George Reese and top rank... Mm-hmm. You know, how how far, how long do you go when you decide, you know what, these guys aren't playing the game, let's go after the winner, Taylor Serrano. How 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 long do you wait?
2: I, I would, if she's going to fight for soon in March, I would wait after that. I mean, because she's, she's given them the opportunity already. They announced the tournament, basically, the quasi-tournament. It was Eddie Hearn that announced it. And because things aren't playing out the way he figured they would play out, he wants to change the game. Well, you can play yourself, and that's basically what he's doing. He's playing himself out. Uh, he's losing Michaela, and Michaela's going to move on to bigger games.
1: I wonder if like that would happen, Lupi. Do you think that if, let's say Mayor Feist pursues, she said, you know what, I'm trying to go after... Bob Garner and Troy, they don't want to, you know, whatever. They don't want to face me. I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go to 135. I'll go after Harper. I'll go after Taylor Serrano. You know, do you think that if that would be the case, they would make that Bob Garner-Troy fight
0: and make it for
1: the vacant WBO?
0: Moopy? Yeah, it seems like that that would be what they have left, right? I mean, if Michaela leaves, that it really is all they have left. But yeah, if Michaela beats Delphine, the, to me, Michaela takes it all. I mean, yeah. with Bumgartner and Choi, I, I just don't see them putting an end to Michaela's reign. She's not yeah. Harry Harper, and she's not Simone de Silva, who Choi knocked out in September. Oh, I and can I ask? Uh, what about vodka testing? Are we going to talk about that? Oh, um, David, what's that?
2: Where what about say?
0: testing? What about a VADA test? Oh, yeah, or, um, absolutely. I mean, Delphine Delphine,
2: persu- it'll be VADA tested because it's taking place in the, in Nevada. So they, mm-hmm. there will be VADA testing, and that's one of the most crucial things when it comes uh, to women's boxing right now. I know that's a big uh, subject. It's popping up on Twitter. Accusations are floating all over the place that certain female fighters are, are not being tested and are, are juiced. And... Um, There's been that accusation with Delphine Persoon before, but she will be tested when she comes into the United States. So it's on a fair playing
1: field. And I think just to close out this subject here, I think that if Mayer, you know, beats Delphine Persoon convincingly, there's no doubt that she jumps in the top five. Uh, pound for pound list there's, there shouldn't be a There shouldn't be a reason why she shouldn't I mean she should be number four I mean with well, I mean you, you know we're always going to have That back and forth between Clarissa and Taylor Until Taylor and Serrano Fight so the, them two are one And two and then you got Serrano on number Three and Mayer beating Delphine Pursun and then after Beating Hamadouz and unifying the division There's no way that I think in my Opinion we could deny her the number four spot Do you agree Lupe?
0: Wait, I'm I'm sorry. I I I was I was distracted. Can you repeat that real real quick? Do you
1: do you think that if Pursune beats I mean, I'm sorry, if Mayer beats Pursun, she deserves a number 4 spot in the pound for pound list. You know, cuz one and two is either oh. Clarissa or Taylor, number mm-hmm. 3 is Serrano. Do you think she deserves number 4? Mhm.
0: Yeah, is, is Pursun right after that?
1: Yeah, if after Hamadou she beats Pursun, yeah. Mayer deserves yes, number sure. 4. David, do you yeah, agree? Yeah, she's a level
0: jump.
2: Uh, No, I I don't agree. There's McCaskill, too. She's still up there.
0: I have Mm. McCaskill
2: up there. And she beat somebody who was considered number one twice. Wow. Oh, so she'd
0: have to go.
1: Well, the first one was controversial. The second one, we'll give it to her, you know. And you have a point there. But I don't know. I mean, I, I see your point. I see your point. But that's only if we're going by resume. Now we're going by resume and skill. Mm-hmm. I feel if we're going by resume and skill, I feel Mayer is a, is a better boxer than McCaskill.
0: Well, yeah, well, I'm not too. saying
2: Mayor's not a better boxer. Yeah, but, I mean to me, it's you have to prove it, and she's proving it. She's starting to prove it one by one. But I think when McCaskill knocked out the the queen, I mean she deserves to be up there. A pretty close. Well, that's it.
1: a good argument. That's a good argument, mm-hmm. but I haven't really seen much from McCasker after she beat Breakhouse. I mean, beating – I mean, what did she do after that? Let me see. Um, Candy, Candy Candy
0: White. Wyatt.
1: Yeah, I mean, come on. But it, was that her last fight after Breakhouse? Breakhouse? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was I just mean, recent.
1: Yeah, you I know, mean, and her. if you're telling me – I mean, I see what you're saying, and I agree. I mean, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of her, but, you know – the last two fights from Mayor, that's pretty. I mean, even the last two or three fights from Mayor, it's a pretty good, pretty strong showing. So I think there's some yeah, argument that, there.
2: Yeah, I always believe in the fighters have to beat the beat them to get up there, not just be placed there. Because we think uh we we tabulate all these things. I, I I'd like to see somebody just knock off the Queen and get there.
1: pursue well, Persoon is in a lot. is Pursun is in a lot of top ten lists, female lists. So, Mayor be another top ten fighter, yeah. What's yeah.
2: that? I have. Yeah. I don't even have her on my top twelve. Oh. Cause, uh, Persoon? To me, yeah. To me, if she lost to amateurs, then she
1: doesn't belong there. Oh well, that's another. That's another. That's oh another reason <laughs> there as far. So, so and amateurs too. <laughs> let's move on to our <laughs> coming calendar, which is not <laughs> which is not much you know like i mentioned at the top of the show our next show just before we go to the calendar is scheduled for february 3rd february 3rd we're going to be having our next show hopefully we can have a guest and we'll be talking about all the fight chatter and going over this uh fight in our fight review but there isn't much like i mentioned in the top of the show you know it's the beginning of the year the promotions start ramping up the the You know, we heard it from Kenny Enriquez earlier today that they start getting back in the gym after the holiday season and start training, start dropping those pounds and all that. So we only have one major fight on the docket for uh, the next couple weeks. That's on Saturday, January 29th from the Hard Rock Hotel Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Top rank gives us on ESPN. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to be actually – We're probably going to see it on one or other ESPN platform, whether it be ESPN2, whether it be um, uh, ESPN+. Plus. We might be able to see this fight, which is pretty interesting because we've heard of her. I've actually never seen her fight, but it's Calliope Karani, better known as Pink Tyson, and she's going to be taking on Carla Torres in an eight-rounder at 130 pounds. I did see a poster that Karani put out. And it did have the logo for ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. But I don't know if that's an official poster from Top Rank or it's one that she made. So I hope that one on one platform or on the other by ESPN, this fight is featured so we can see her fight. But it's interesting, David, that, you know, we all know that the only fighter that's truly signed to Top Rank is Mikael Mayer, But on their airwaves, we've actually seen Kim Clavell in the middle of the pandemic when it was all shut down and they're having that bubble in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to see Calliope Karani, better known as Pink Tyson. She's from Greece taking on Carla Torres. So what do you you think or how much weight do you put on a fight like this by top rank? You know, I can't believe that she would be a ticket seller in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, so it's not because (laughs) she's a local fighter. So what do you think top rank is doing by putting on these other women on the cards?
2: Uh, I think they just wanted to, you know, see what kind of skill she has. Uh, this is a come, It's one of those looksies that they do. They they people don't know, but when they were signing Michaela Mayer, they were also thinking top rank was also thinking of signing uh, Shannon O'Connell, but then she mm-hmm. lost to uh, Helen Joseph, and that ended that. But but Shannon O'Connell was another one that they were thinking of signing. So they weren't just going to limit themselves to one. I think they just want to be very careful.
1: Okay. Lupi, what do you know about Calliope kurani better known as Pink
0: Tyson? Pinky Tyson? Pink Tyson, you know, like you said, she's from Greece. Um, she was. She's really vocal on social media, and she really um, promotes herself, and, but you don't know who she is. And when she uh, – a lot of her pictures are like little girl. She likes to be looking kind of like little girl. And then she hooks up with – she goes to Mexico. I, I'm not exactly sure who she hooked up with off, off the top of my head. I can't remember. And then she started to get people taking her a little bit more serious because she's hanging out with the Mexicans, and then she fought uh, – Iranda Torres, Paola Torres, mm-hmm. and, and that was for the vacant um some one of the one of the belts, IB, ABF. And so now here she is with the Torres girl, who's fine. I mean, she's like, if it's the same one I'm thinking about the six and six. I mean, she fought Amanda Serrano, um, McCaskill, so she fights real fights, and so that's a good fight for. Her. It kind of takes Pink Tyson a little bit more serious, which I don't think. Well, I wasn't taking a serious before, and it just kind of got my attention re- recently. So I'm kind of like curious to see. Do you know where where this is taken from? Oh, you said Tulsa.
1: Tulsa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tulsa, Oklahoma. I hope
0: we get to see it. Yeah, I hope we get to see it. Well,
1: there you have it, folks. Our next show is scheduled for February 3rd. From everybody here on the Two Minute Round, we want to thank and Enriquez for being here with us on the show. We want to thank for all of you for listening. And like I mentioned, we will be back on February 3rd. Good night, everybody.
0: Good Good night. night.